And now on BBC Radio 4, with the big hand pointing at the six and the little hand pointing at one of the other numbers, it's time once again to join the show business legend, raconteur, after-dinner speaker and non-executive chairman of the Timekeepers Association of Great Britain, 1968 to 1969, Count Arthur Strong. A proud timekeeper since his childhood, Count Arthur has only ever been late once in his life, at the age of seven, when his parents moved. There is still a ten shillings reward for anyone who has any information where they may have moved to. Join him now for this week's instalment of Count Arthur Strong's Radio Show. <laughs> Oh, blimey, there's not much in the advertiser today. Must be what they call a slow news day. Mind you, strictly speaking, there's no such thing as news, is there? Because by the time you read about it, it's already happened. So really, they should be called history papers. <laughs> not newspapers. Doesn't matter whether it's free. Eh? It's the principle. They should get the facts right. I've got half a mind to sue them over that. And my other half of my mind is also thinking about suing them. <laughs> Due to the emotional roller coaster I've been on with it all. Because I expected news. Oh, yes. The advertiser may well have a case to answer there. You never know. I might get three free papers for a year. Mm. Oh, well, I'll add that to my list. You don't get, you can't ask. <laughs> oh, that bloody telephone. I'm going to have that taken out, ringing whenever it feels like it. <laughs> Make the most of it, because this phone's coming out. Uh, sorry? Apology accepted. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I didn't even say who he was. <laughs> the idiot. How rude was that? Well, am I supposed to be a mind reader? Oh, for crying out loud like Euston Station on the telephone this morning. Hello, Euston Station. Oh, idiot. Um, Count Arthur Strong speaking. It's Andrew Freeman. Oh, yes. Yes, I just got cut off. Cut off what? On the phone. You shouldn't be playing with knives on the phone. <laughs> it's dangerous. Pardon? Was that you that called me before? You never said who you were or what you were apologising for. Wait, you didn't let me... What I sometimes do before I make the call is I write down the salient points of what it is I want to say. <laughs> that way, you don't forget to ask if half-price haircuts all week or just Tuesday afternoons. <laughs> it's called forward planning ahead in advance beforehand. Right, I'll try and remember that next time. Very good. Happy to have been of service. Thank you for calling. No, 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 no. Don't, don't put the phone down. It's about tonight, the murder evening. I want to arrange a pick-up time. What was all the other business about getting your hair cut on Tuesdays about then? Well, that wasn't me, that was you. Well, I beg to differ, because I did not have my hair cut on Tuesday. I, I was on a day trip to John Smith's brewery with the Legion on Tuesday. And that is a matter of record, is that? Because I was brought home by the police. <laughs> so it'll be on computers. Uh, yeah, look, 
I was calling to say thank you for standing in at such short notice for tonight's murder mystery and to check that you got all the background info for your character. Ah, yes. Now, I wanted to talk to you about that. I don't seem to have any lines. No, no one has scripted lines. I told you all this when we spoke. Usually you'd have done some character work with us, but, well, with you having a hospital appointment, that wasn't possible, was it? How were the tests, by the way? Um, ooh, the tests. Um, the, uh, confidentially, they were marvellous. Um, they said it was the best score they'd ever seen. And, 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 and that this year they had a particularly high um, standard lamp. Have to be at Harrowdale Hall for uh, seven thirty. Harrowdale Hall, where's that? It's the family seat of Lord and Lady Preston. The murder evening is for their family. Oh, the Prestons! How lovely! <laughs> Do you know them? Well, not them specifically, but I know a lot of people like that in the circles I mix in. Here, now then, I've just had um, a, a brain clot about tonight. <laughs> Don't you think it would be nice for Lord and Lady? Um, what's it? If they had another lord at the murder thing, he could talk to as an equal, rather than me being an Asian sleepwalker or whatever it is. An Australian sheep farmer. <laughs> it's too late to change anything. I'm just thinking of him, and I do have the bloodline for it. Well, it's not necessary. Look, where shall we pick you up? We need to leave by six o'clock. Well, if it's going to be six o'clock, you better pick me up outside the shoulder of Mutton on Whitfield Street. <laughs> I'll bring my plus fives just in case you change your mind about me being a lord. Ta-ta! <laughs> I'm going to make me, me love you. Promise I made, promise I made. <laughs> Starling's afraid, Starling's afraid. <laughs> Here I am, a walking plimsoll. Morning, Arthur. You're in good voice today. What is that? Uh, girls allowed. It was on in the supermarket. I can't get the bloody thing out of my head. <laughs> Here, listen, Jerry. You're a good judge of people, aren't you? Am I? Would you say, in your opinion, that I am more of a sheep farmer or more of a lord? Um... In the Charles Lawton mould, with my blood. Who's Charles Lawton? You're talking about who's Charles Lawton. Don't you keep up with the film stars? More of a lord? Exactly. It's as plain as a long face on your head, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> it's all in the way I deport myself, isn't it, Jay? That's what I was telling him that cut himself on the telephone. <laughs> Who? Oh, I'm doing a thing tonight uh, for some potential dear old friends of mine, Lord and Lady... Um, though I don't know what it is. Um, Ponsonby, probably. They're all called something like that, aren't they? Um, somebody murders someone to death and then the lot at the dinner party have to guess who had done, done it. Um, they want me to undertake the role of a sheep from Eurasia. But, but I think that's a waste of what I bring to the table. It, it, it'd be better for everybody if I was a lord. Or at least a notch posher. Because I honestly don't think anyone wants to watch me playing beneath myself. Oh, yeah, well, I'll definitely say a lord then. Um, what can I get you? I'll have a pint a bit. Oh, no, that's not you, is it? Um, um, I'll have a tea, Jerry. I, I don't want to pay for anything to eat with it being free food tonight. <laughs> Yes, 
Yes, that's what I'm saying, Sally. I'm much more of a lord. I'm only thinking of everyone else but me. Uh, in fact, Jerry was saying when I asked him before that I'd make a better lord than Charles Lawton would have. Yeah? Completely unsolicited. Charles who? Oh, don't you stop. What's up with you lot? Jerry didn't know who he was, neither. How can he think you were better than him if he didn't know who he was? Have you never heard of an educated guest? The hunchback of Notre Dame. What, in here? Where? No, no. That's who Charles Lawton played, the hunchback of Notre Dame. I've remembered. Oh, he did all sorts of things. He's probably sick to death of being called the hunchback of Nottingham. <laughs> it's like when I did Robin Hood in the pantomime at the Civic Theatre. Everywhere I went, I was mobbed on. In fact, I still can't walk down the street in Whitfield Street without someone shouting over, Oi, Robin Hood, you out by yourself tonight? <laughs> Thought you'd have been out with a sharing of a Nottingham, eh? I bet you couldn't beat William Tell in a fight. Oh, sod off. Couldn't beat William Tell in a fight. I'll knock his sodding block off. I rob riches from the rich and give poor stuff to the poor, I do. What's he ever done, Sally? Written a sodden overture, eh? <laughs> hey, whose round is it? I got the first. I wasn't here then. Well, I would have got you one. It's not my fault you weren't here. Why, why should I be penalised? Because of you. All right, what do you want? Um, I'd better have a short. Uh, get me a scotch. Those idiots will be here in a minute. Oh, talk of the devil. Um, go on, hurry up with that drink. Oh, there you are. Um, I kept popping outside to have a look. Well, I have been out there for 15 minutes. And I just had to pop in here for a glass of tap water because I suddenly realised I was terribly, terribly dehydrogenated. Um, you can't be too careful with that, can you? I was reading in the paper about someone in the desert that was so dehydrated they had to drink their own urine, eh? If you get my drift. Um, you wouldn't want me to do that, would you? For the sake of 15 minutes. I could, don't get me wrong. Um, like, um, like that survivalist bloke on television, Britt Eklund. No, not Brick Eklund. Um, he's named after a bear. Bear, that's it. Yes, it is bear. I was right. Bear mixed grill with all the trimmings. Told you. Anyway, have you had any more thoughts about me being ennobled for this evening? Because I think that was a good idea of yours. No, it wasn't my idea. Look, do you mind if we get off now? Here's your whiskey, Arthur. Oh, sod it. I thought you said you came in for a glass of water. Oh, has she got me a whiskey by mistake? Um, and on top of that, I've never met this woman before in my life. <laughs> Have I, Sally? If, if by some fluke, that is what you go around calling yourself. <laughs> She's probably a fan who's been touched by me in the past. And this drink is her way of saying thank you. Look, please, can we go? We're going to be late. Come on, then. Let's get to Lord whatever he's called. <laughs> Are we nearly there yet? No. <sighs> yeah, the last time I was in the back of a minibus, there was a crate of bitter for us all. <laughs> oh, dear. Is there anything like that in this one? No, I'm afraid not. Best to keep a clear head, isn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I was just saying that um, some of them do do that. <laughs> what are you two doing in the murder dinner, then? I'm the chief constable. Oh, it's all right for some. 
What about you, love? I'm a famous artist. They've invited me to dinner because they want me to paint a portrait of uh, Lady Preston. Oh. How much do you charge, then, to do, um, what do you call them, a picture of someone's head? There is a name for it. A portrait? It must be cheaper, just having your head done. You, you have got no fingers or feet to paint, have you? I, I'm not really a painter. Rolf Harris says that they're the hardest part to do, the fingers and toes. And he should know he's done the Queen. I've always wanted my head painting, you know, so if we're not talking silly money, there could be a commission there for you. I'm not really a painter. Mind you, I'd have to see some of your work first. I'm not sitting there for six months to end up with five eyes, two noses and a blue head. I don't know why they do that, the, the tubists or whatever they call themselves. It's the Emperor's new shoes all over again, isn't it? So don't be trying any of that on with me. I want mine to look like a photograph, but with my eyes open. I'm not really a painter. Why didn't you say that before now? I did. I did. Well, I never heard it, and you would think I'd be listening. <laughs> We're nearly there yet? No. no. Now, my turn again. I spy it with oh, my... Oh, I don't want to play anymore. Please. I don't know why I did it in the first place. I'm just trying to make the journey go quicker. If you had anything about you, you could be using this time to do some preliminary sketches of my head. <laughs> That's a missed opportunity gone missing there. I'm a bloody actress. Why do you keep saying that? I'm disappointed. That's why. I've always wanted an oil painting done of my head in oil. It's a desire to be remembered. Well, I'll never forget you if it's any consolation. Thank you very much. You're not the last person to say that. And I dare say you won't be the first. <laughs> You're very quiet, Rebus. I'm trying to have a nap. Please, please don't ask me about the police force anymore. Well, you brought that on yourself, didn't you, frankly? Eh? It's a very serious crime, is impersonating a police officer. You could be drummed out with a force for that. Would you like a hand with the driving, Andrew? No. Here, I know. First run to see a green car. <laughs> Look out. Let me get out. Shift yourself, will you? My leg's gone to sleep. Shame it couldn't take the rest of you with it. No trouble finding us. No, no, it was very straightforward. Oh, my bloody leg. Dear, oh, dear. Oh, I'm getting pans and noodles shooting up and down it now. Oh, oh, oh. Here, hold that. Make yourself useful. I beg your pardon. Hold me back while I rub my leg. Oh, rub me back while I hold my leg. I'm not bothered. Yeah, I don't think you've met Lady Preston, have La you? Lady who? Oh, is that her? Oh, lovely to meet you. How, how lovely to meet you, Lady um, uh, Ponsonby. Um... <laughs> I'm afraid you'll find me somewhat indisposed owing to part of my legs nodding off. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, it's just something I've had to learn to live next door to. Um, with, to live to learn with. To, to love to learn with. To learn to love with it. What's up with you? Is my lord not with you, my lady? Ah, uh, no. Well... 
We all got the programmes with your photographs and information, so we've been swatting up and we'll have plenty of questions to ask you. If you care to follow me, I'll show you where you can put all your things and then I'll take you through to dinner. Oh, yes, that would be lovely, don't you know? Just in time for an aperitif, Lady um, uh, Penelope. Have you started? Started what? The murder mystery. Is this your character you're doing? What character? No-one's told me we've started. I'm going to be behind everyone else now. No, no, the murder mystery will begin the moment we enter the room for dinner. Oh, I thought he may have started already because of the don't-you-knows and so on. Sadly not. (laughs) Right, we'll get unloaded and set up then. Oh, blimey, I, I shouldn't be having to carry this end of this basket with my back. I'm already suffering from non-Pacific back pain, as it is. I presume we're all covered for personal injuries. I wouldn't know. Here we are. Oh, thank goodness for that. Dear, oh dear, what's in the bloody thing, anyway? The dummy of the murder victim. Oh, let's have a look. Open it up. Come on. Blimey, it looks like Boris Karloff. <laughs> what did it die of? Whoever the murderer is, is the only one that knows. Aha. Is it you, then? Are you the murderer? We won't know until we draw lots. Lots of what? (laughs) Hey, if we're drawing, won't her that's the artist have an unfair advantage? (laughs) That's not very fair, an unfair advantage. Draw lots to see who the murderer is. None of us is supposed to know who the murderer is. You have read all the stuff that came with your character biog. Oh, don't worry about me, Inspector Morse Code. Just you worry about your own performance. Right, that's everything in. Let's quickly draw lots and get into costume. Sarah, you pick first. Dan, Count Arthur, me. Aha! It's me! Now then, look out, Lord Ponzi! I'm coming to get you! No, no, we're not supposed to know. Put them all back in. The whole point is that it's spontaneous for us as well as the client. Well, it's a bit daft if you ask me, trying to make out that we know that we don't know. Shush, shush, shush. Everyone pick again. Right, good. Oh, how disappointing. Oh, for goodness sake. (laughs) I never said I wasn't the murderer, did I? (laughs) I might have been disappointed that I was again. (laughs) That was your fault, that. Reading too much into what I may or may not have been saying I was or wasn't. Give me them back again. This time, don't say anything. Yeah, but supposing... No! No. Don't say anything at all. Good. So, can we all just get into costume now, please? What, in here with you lot? I'm a little bit too set in my ways to turn unisex now. (laughs) I'll find myself a lavatory. The dining room's down here. We're so looking forward to this evening. Where's the funny man? Is he not with you? He'll be along presently. (laughs) Ah, here he is. Good evening, everybody. Count Arthur Strang here from the Australians. Yes. I am what we Australians call a pom-pom from down underneath. Um, are you all ready? Do come through. Yeah, let me go first. Move out of the way. Um, pleased to meet you, Lord Ponce. Preston, hello there. Allow me to introduce myself, King Ponce. I am Count Arthur Strong from Australia, yes. 
I made my fortune in sheep and I've recently returned to these shores, don't you know? <laughs> I am now a neighbour of yours and that's why you've asked me to dinner. Oh, and I haven't done the murder. We've just drawn lots. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't really catch anything of what you were saying. Oh, blimey. Here, in my country, we offer someone a drink when they've come all the way from Australia. <laughs> oh, would you like a glass of port? The more if I do, Your Worship. <laughs> well, I'll just get you one. This is my daughter, Lucinda. Did I hear you say you came from Australia? Yes, that's right. I've made my fortune betting on the sheep and I've recently returned to these shores. That's not an Australian accent, though, is it? It is. I happen to be very good at accents, I do. It's just like an Austrian accident, that is. Accent. <laughs> an Austrian accent. Everyone says so. Here we are, your drink. Shall we take our seats for dinner? Thank you very much, Lord Ponce. Don't mind if I do. Oh, that sherry hit the spot. Um, excuse me, love. What happened to the accent? It's having a minute off, thank you very much, clever. <laughs> Equity rules. Can you pass me that cravat, if it's not too much trouble? The what? The cravat. There, with the wine in it. The cravat of wine, with the wine in it. That, right in front of you, the cravat. The cravat of wine. It's that, like a milk bottle with wine in it. Right in front of you. Have you never been to a dinner party before? Carafe. You should be using a handkerchief with a cold like that. Coughs and sneezes sprout diseases. Here, you think we'd have one of these cravats each, wouldn't you? Never mind two between all of us. That's how they keep the money, isn't it, this lot? Being tight. Who are you again? I'm their daughter, Lucinda. Is this part of the mystery? What part of the mystery? Well, all that about the cravat, the carafe. Is it a clue? No. I'm just trying to sort the wine out so it's fair for everyone. There's just a little bit too much of let them bake cake going on here for my liking. <laughs> Can you reach that other cravat from here? Enjoy your meal. Oh, yes. It was lovely. The broccoli simply fell off the fork. <laughs> and that pie was to die from. <laughs> Whatever that means. You do hear them saying it. My condiments, your chef of yours, you've got. Glad to hear it. Yes. The only way you could top a meal like that in my book is if you got the cheese and brandy out. Or just the brandy, if you're being tight. Oh, the brandy. Um... Well, you must have another cravat of wine in your cellar. You can get out, surely. So you're from Australia, are you? That's right, and I haven't done the murder. <laughs> Made your fortune in sheep. Oh, yes. How long did you live there for? I don't know. <laughs> A year? Oh, you must have made your fortune very quickly. Here, yeah, listen, I don't know why you're trying to catch me out. Um, would you excuse me for a moment? I feel a little light-headed. Oh, yes, of course. I'm sure I'll be fine if I take a little fresh air. Well, I do hope she'll be all right. Uh, I wouldn't bother about it. She'll be going out to find the body. Oh, 
I see. That's part of it, is it? Oh, my lips are peeled, um, Lord, um, Lord Broccoli. I've already said too much. And I don't want to think you can ply me with drink and get any more clues out of me, neither. Though it might be worth having a go. <laughs> Told you. Chief Constable, come quickly. It's Johnson, the butler. He's lying on the kitchen floor with a knife in his back, and I think I'm going to faint. Quick, Lord and Lady Shave, pass the cravat, or I'm afraid we'll lose her. Right. Stand back, everybody. For goodness sake, give her some air while I have a drink. <laughs> my nerves are shot ragged. I'll telephone for some of my men. Then I'll seal the room. Could I use your telephone? Yes, of course. Hmm. There's no dialing tone. This line has been cut. Oh, how exciting. Nobody move. Everybody stay exactly where you are. Perhaps the time has come for me to reveal myself to you. What are you doing? Yes, Chief Dunstable, if that's where you really live. You thought I was just a sheep from Ostend, didn't you? But all that was just my front of me. I really am... Oh, you know, him that, um, uh, Lord Peter, um, not Wobbly, him that used to be on the radio. Oh, Lord Peter Wimsley. That's him, Lord Peter Whoopsie, the gentleman detective. So I will lead the investigation. You can't do that. You said to be spontaneous. Uh, Lord Ponzi, where were you on the night of the murder in question? I was here, talking to you. How convenient. <laughs> Can anybody verify this? I would have thought you could. You were there? Ah, but was I there? <laughs> I, I thought we were supposed to ask the question. Yes, that's right. Listen, there's a murder been done to your butler here. He must be feeling dreadful. <laughs> Time is of the essence. As we speak, one of you could literally be getting away with murder. Oh, this is ridiculous. Ah, too close to the truth, am I? <laughs> Look, I'm the chief constable and it should be me. Are you? Are you indeed the Chief Dunstable of Whitstable? Or is all not what it seems to be to me? But let's stick to the facts, Dunstable. Bearing all the clues in mind, I say there is only one possible solution. Either your butler was never alive in the first place... <laughs> ..or it was Colonel Pipe in the lead room with the mustard... I rest my suitcase. I don't suppose there's any more of that cravat left, is the Lord Ponsey. <laughs> well, I think that went very well from my point of view. Uh, you want to think about extending your repertoire to include my Lord Peter Wimpy? Yeah, he liked that, did Lord Ponsey. Come on, stop messing about. You'll have to talk to me sooner or later. At least let me out of the basket. <laughs> Come on, let's have a sing-song. I'm gonna make, make you love me. Promise I made, promise I made. Starting to fray, starting to fray. Here I am, a walking plumb line. You could at least take the dummy out. Thank <laughs> you.
Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Mel Gedroich, Alistair Kerr and Dave Mountfield. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at the Dance House Manchester, is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production. <laughs>